Recorded at the Running Edge Studio, you're listening to Venture Tabernacle. It's like venture capital, except that the investment is made in your soul. This is where America hangs out to talk about anything and everything from a biblical perspective. I'm your host, Ty Hervey. Join me as we learn to view the world through the objective lens of the Bible. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sunday Sermon. Today, we are talking about how the gospel is different. Last week, if you tuned in, you saw how Jesus treated sinners and lost men. And today, we are going to take a look at the passage where Jesus illustrates just how different Christianity is from any other religion in the world. And what we're going to see is a question that's posed to Jesus as to why his disciples looked different than the disciples of other religious people of their day. And the response of Jesus seems simple at its surface, but it's full of rich and deep knowledge. And I've titled this message, The Gospel is Different, because Christianity is so different than anything else in the world. It is exclusive, and in a world that tries to be inclusive of every belief and feeling, it is offensive. The gospel is the only way to salvation. No mixture or compromise can be made. And there is one way to the Father and one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. And the text we're going to read today defends this well as we see in this episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Our text today is in Mark chapter 2, verse 18 through 22. And we'll read it together. It says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. So we're here at this point in the story in Jesus' ministry where his ministry has began to take off and is drawing attention from a lot of different people. In particular, the religious people and the Pharisees are very interested in his ministry because it poses a potential threat to what they're doing and their way of life. And so they ask a question of Jesus. They say, why do your followers not fast like the rest of us? And Jesus responds by making sure that they know that what he is preaching is totally different than the Jewish practices of their day. And fasting, in case you don't know, is a simply giving something up for a period of time to get closer to God. And in the time of Jesus, fasting was a lot more common than it is today. And mostly when people fasted back then, it was from food. It was usually for 24 hours, and then they would go back to their normal routine. And just to be clear here, so you don't get the wrong idea, fasting is not a bad thing. That's not what Jesus is saying here. And in fact, when done properly, it is something that can really help you get a lot closer to God. And I fast regularly, and it helps me a ton in my walk with Christ. But these people 
we're fasting for the wrong reasons. And that's what Jesus is addressing here. Because you see in the Old Testament, there was only one fast that was called for as mandatory. And we find that in Leviticus 16, 29 through 31. I would encourage you to go check that out. This is the only mandatory fast that they had to do as a Jewish people. And it was the fast of the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. This happens one day a year, and the people of Israel were called to fast in recognition of their need to be cleansed of their sins. And other than this, there are actually no mandatory fasts called for up until this point in history. Now, there are plenty of examples of people fasting of their own will and the benefits that come with that, but never mandatory fasts. And to give you a look inside the system of Judaism, that's what we call the Jewish religion, they loved to create extra rules for their followers. Rules that have no base in Scripture, that were made purely by men, and one of these rules that they followed to varying degrees, depending on who you looked at, was about fasting. The Jews of the day were called to fast at least two days a week on Monday and Thursday. And these religious people would do this, and it probably started out being for a good reason. But over time, just like many things, it just became another ritual that had no meaning. In fact, we see in several places in Scripture that this fasting had become even worse than a meaningless ritual. In many cases, it became a way to brag and show how quote-unquote spiritual you were to everyone else around you which is the total opposite of what fasting is about. Fasting is a humble act of service to the Lord where you draw near to Him, and it's not about your relationship with the people around you. It's about your relationship with God. Now, these are the people who are living this life, who are fasting for the wrong reasons, that are asking Jesus why His disciples don't fast. They're asking, why are you not like us? And to be clear, this is not a sincere question from these people. It's more like a how dare you than anything else. If anything, it's a trap. And Jesus responds by saying he doesn't want his followers to be anything like them because the gospel is different. And Jesus showed time and time again that he did not care about rituals. He cares about our heart. And he used a simple example to get this point across. He asked them, can you fast at a wedding? And the answer is, of course, no. A wedding is a celebration, a feast, a time to be joyful. And in their culture, weddings could last up to seven days long. And Ecclesiastes 3.4 says, there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. See, a wedding is a time to laugh, a time to dance, and we see Jesus as the Messiah and the bridegroom of the church. And what he's saying here is that the groom is in the house, so the time for mourning is not here yet. Now, in verse 20, he does say that there will become a time for sadness, and he's actually telling them about his upcoming death on the cross in this moment. And as usual, unfortunately, the listeners miss that point entirely. But he goes on to give another example, and the people would understand this because he said, you don't sew unshrunk cloth onto a shrunk piece of clothing. And if you think about it, if you've ever had your clothes shrink on you, it really kind of stinks, doesn't it? 
You can have a great piece of clothing that you really love and then you shrink and you can't use it anymore. But the reason why they said you don't sew unshrunk cloth to old clothes that had already been shrunk is because the new cloth is going to shrink and it's going to cause a bigger tear than you fixed in the first place if you do that. And so Jesus says this to draw out the differences between Christianity and Judaism. See, the gospel is not just some patch to add to their current religion. No, it's actually incompatible, unmixable with what has already existed to that point in history. And to try to mix Christianity with anything else only results in disaster every time. And he even gives a third example with the wineskins. He talks about old wineskins being burst with new wine. And the old skins he's talking about here are dried up and cracked and rotten wineskins. And if you put something valuable in them, i.e. the gospel, it would be lost because they would burst. Christianity is no different. The gospel that says the only way to heaven is by grace through faith is exclusive. To claim anything else is not only untrue, but blasphemy of God Almighty because it makes light of what Jesus did on the cross. And in the same story as recorded by Luke in chapter 5, verse 39, he adds this point. He says, And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new, for he says the old is good. And I want to leave you with this. How dangerous that statement is. To be so caught up in anything that we don't accept the new goodness that Christ has for us. That could be anything because it is so tempting to cling to what is comfortable. But Jesus has called us to cling to the gospel because it is the only thing with the power to save. And if you want to see this thought continued, tune in next week as we look at how Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath as he continues this thought that Christianity, what Jesus offers, is different. Thank you for tuning in to Venture Tabernacle. We are so glad to have you with us. We will see you back here same time next week. Thank you.